0: (laughs) Recovery Innovative
1: Bernard Shaw said people are always blaming their circumstances for what they are I don't believe in circumstances the people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want and if they can't find them make them
2: they're victimizers too like everybody is a strange mixture of victim and victimizer lots of terrible things happen to people that aren't justifiable in some sense you know well illness strikes people Randomly, I mean, not entirely randomly, obviously, but there's a very, there's a large random element in it. Where you're thrown into existence as a consequence of your birth, that's existentialists, especially in the 1950s, talked about all that all the time. They talked about it as thrownness, that you're sort of thrown into reality with your particular set of predispositions and weaknesses. And, and then there's going to be times in your life where things twist in a manner that's unfair to you, that you're not getting your just desserts.
3: Here's the deal, if you get to the top of the tree, all the food from the bottom of the top is gonna be there, son. So I don't need you focusing on cars and money and stuff. You're gonna get that. I need you to focus on why you were born in the first place. Why are you here on earth for this particular time? What are you doing here?
1: that is pretty apparent isn't it and every person who discovered this for a while believed that he was the first one to work it out we become what we think about now it stands to reason that a person who's thinking about a concrete and worthwhile goal is going to reach it because that's what he's thinking about and we become what we think about conversely the man who has no goal who doesn't know where he's going and whose thoughts must therefore be thoughts of confusion and anxiety and fear and worry becomes what he thinks about His life becomes one of frustration and fear and anxiety and worry. And if he thinks about nothing, he becomes nothing.
2: But that goes along with all sorts of unequally distributed privileges as well. And so that's the arbitrary nature of existence. And but but you can't allow those sorts of things to define you because it's not it's not that useful strategically. You're when you're playing a card game, you're dealt a you're dealt a hand of cards. Well, what do you do? You play the hand the best you can. Why? Because all the, all the hands are equal? No, because you don't have a better strategy than playing the hand that you're dealt the best you can. And that doesn't even mean it'll be a winning strategy. But because people don't always win. Sometimes we lose and sometimes we lose painfully and sometimes we lose painfully and unjustly. Mm. That's not the point. The point is you don't have a better strategy. And neither does anyone else.
3: We can tell you that you owe you something. I don't want nothing from you but for you to leave this room and know what you want. What do you want in your marriage? What do you want with your son and your daughter? What do you want in your health? What do you want financially? Like, how much money do you want to make a year?
1: Now, how does it work? Why do we become what we think about? Well, I'll tell you how it works, as far as we know. Now, to do this, I want to tell you about a situation that parallels the human mind. Suppose a farmer has some land, and it's good for it land. Now, the land gives the farmer a choice. He may plant in that land whatever he chooses. The land doesn't care. It's up to the farmer to make the decision. Now, remember, we're comparing the human mind with the land because the mind, like the land, doesn't care what you plant in it. It will return what you plant, but it doesn't care what you plant. Now let's say that the farmer has two seeds in his hand, one is a seed of corn, the other is nightshade, a deadly poison. He digs two little holes in the earth and he plants both seeds, one corn, the other nightshade. He covers up the holes, waters and takes care of the land, and what will happen? Invariably the land will return what's planted, as it's written in the Bible, as ye sow, so shall ye reap.
2: And then it's also not so obvious how privilege and victimization are distributed. You know, if you take someone who's doing quite well in life and you scratch underneath the surface, you generally don't have to scratch very far until you find one or more profound tragedies of the past or perhaps of the present. No matter how well protected you are in the world, you're still subject to illness. You're still subject to aging. You're still subject to the dissolution of your relationships, the death of your dreams, death itself. So... Vulnerability is built into the structure of existence. Now, if you start to regard yourself as a hapless victim, or even worse, an unfairly victimized victim, well, then things go very badly sideways for you. It's not a good strategy. You end up resentful. You end up angry. You end up vengeful. You end up hostile. And, and that's just the beginning. Things can get far more out of hand than that. So strategically, it's a bad game. It's better to take responsibility for the hand that you've been dealt.
3: What do you want to drive? How do you want to live? Stop just waking up like an accident. What do you want? And then once you find out what you want, spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. The reason why I speak with so much passion. E.T., why do you speak with so much authority? Because I'm talking about my life, not something that I read. I ate out of trash cans.
1: Now remember, the land doesn't care. It'll return poison in just as wonderful abundance as it will corn. So up come the two plants. One corn, one poison. Now the human mind is far more fertile, far more incredible and mysterious than the land, but it works the same way. It doesn't care what we plant. Success, failure, a concrete worthwhile goal, or confusion, misunderstanding, fear, anxiety, and so on. But what we plant, it must return to us
2: those who have swords and know how to use them, but choose to keep them sheathed will inherit the earth. And that's a very, that's a much better idea as far as I'm concerned, because it means that you have a moral obligation to be strong and dangerous, both of those. But to harness that and to use it in the service of good. So it's... It's it's associated with a complex set of ideas. We wouldn't have to think if empathy guided us properly.
3: You ain't gotta start with the two-parent background. You ain't gotta start with wealth. You ain't gotta start with your parents graduated. It's not the hand that you dealt. You got rich kids who own drugs. You got rich kids who committed suicide. You got rich kids who, who don't know their purpose in life. It's not the hand that you was dealt, baby. It's how you play your hand.
1: You see, the human mind is the last great unexplored continent on earth. It contains riches beyond our wildest dreams. It will return anything we want to plant. Now, you might say, well, if that's true, why don't people use their minds more? Well, I think they figured out an answer to that one, too
2: every single person who sets out to put themselves together ethically is a net positive to everyone around them there's no downside to that and so and so i mean for example even if you're selfish let's say you got to think very carefully about what that would mean if you were selfish and awake because you have to work to take care of yourself and what you want, say, in this moment, but then there's you tomorrow, and there's you next week and there's you next month and next year and ten years from now and when you're old. So because you're self-conscious and because you're aware of the future, you're actually a community unto yourself. And if you're selfish and impulsive, all that means is that you're serving the person you are right now, you know, in that impulsive way, but not the person you're going to be. And so that's not a good grounds for any sort of ethical behavior. And I see that if you serve yourself properly, there's no difference between that and serving your family properly and serving your community properly, that those things all mesh in a kind of a harmonious manner.
3: Every opportunity is the last opportunity. Every opportunity I have to reprove myself again. Every opportunity I'm still nervous. E.T., you've been doing this for years. Why are you so nervous? Because today you become
1: conget. Our mind comes with standard equipment at birth. It's free, and things that are given to us for nothing we place little value on. Things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life came to us free. Our minds, our souls, our bodies, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our intelligence, our love of family and children and friends and country. All these priceless possessions are free. But the things that cost us money are actually very cheap and can be replaced at any time. A good man can be completely wiped out and make another fortune. He can do that several times. Even if a home burns down, we can rebuild it. But the things we got for nothing, we can never replace.
2: And one of the things that's really been effective in the lecture tour is a discussion about that idea and its relationship between the relationship between that and meaning and responsibility. Because one of the things that strikes the audience as silent constantly because I'm always listening to them to see, you know, when when the attention is maximally focused is whenever I point out to people that the antidote to the meaninglessness of their life and the suffering and the malevolence that they might be displaying because they're resentful and bitter about how things have turned out the antidote to that is to take on more responsibility for themselves and for other people
3: the day you stop evaluating yourself the day you stop growing the day you stop getting better is the day you die is the day the person who's trying to catch you to get you
1: The human mind isn't used because we take it for granted. Familiarity breeds contempt. It can do any kind of job we assign to it, but generally speaking, we use it for little jobs instead of big important ones. Universities have proved that most of us are operating on about 10% or less of our abilities. So decide now, what is it you want?
2: For example, you spontaneously admire people and that's a manifestation of the instinct to imitate. Again, people are very imitative. You don't admire people who don't take care of themselves. Like, unless there's something wrong with you, you you at least want an admirable person to be accountable for themselves. And then if they've got something left over so they can be accountable for their family, well, then that's a net plus, obviously. That's someone you think is solid. And then maybe they take care of some more people. They have a business or they're involved in the community in some positive way. You see, well, that's a person whose pattern of being is worth imitating. And so, and that's all associated with responsibility. And you ain't 10 no more.
3: The decisions you make right now is up to you. You crying about something that happened to you when you was a kid. You ain't even no kid no more. You a grown man. Take full ownership. The stupid stuff you doing, your parents didn't make you play no video games. What you crying about? So what your daddy wasn't there. Your mama ended up getting married. What you crying about? He went to work every day. He never beat you. He never abused you. Your mama did the best she knew how to do. What you crying about? You grew up in a house. What you crying about?
1: Plant your goal in your mind it's the most important decision you ever make in your entire life what is it you want you want to be an outstanding salesman a better worker at your particular job you want to go places in your company in your community Do you want to get rich all you've got to do is plant that seed in your mind care for it work steadily toward your goal and it will become a reality it not only will there's no way that it cannot
0: Hey, do you want to discover how to quickly and easily manifest everything you desire? Reprogram your subconscious mind within minutes. My online mentor, Jake Ducey, has created a neuro-linguistic programming software that instantaneously reprograms your subconscious mind, and you can join his free masterclass to get a crack at a free demo of this amazing product. To join the masterclass, just go to danwilks.com slash reprogram. That's D-A-N-W-I-L-K-Z dot com slash reprogram.
2: It's so interesting because it's as if everybody kind of knows this but that it hasn't crystallized. It's like, well, you should be responsible because that's what a good citizen is. It's not no, no, you should be responsible because you need to have a deep meaning in your life to offset the suffering so you don't get bitter, and the way you do that is to bear a heavy load, you know, to get yourself in in check.
3: Every day when I wake up, I got all kinds of demands. You got all kinds of demands. And the reason why you're not where you want to be is not because you're not great, but you're taking all other people's stuff before you spend enough time with yourself to get to know you and get to know what you want and what you should do. So please, raise your hand with me. You say, from this day forward, i make a commitment to myself in a way I've never made a commitment to myself before. Let me see
1: you see that's a law like the laws of sir isaac newton the laws of gravity if you get on top of a building and jump off you'll always go down you'll never go up and it's the same with all the other laws of nature they always work they're inflexible think about your goal in a relaxed positive way picture yourself in your mind's eye as having already achieved this goal see yourself doing the things you will be doing when you've reached your goal
2: for you now and for you in the future and then to do the same for your family and your community and that there's real nobility in that and there's real meaning and more, the other thing that I've been suggesting to people and I also believe this is that and I think that the guys that have come to talk to me especially the ones that have had real, real rough lives they really understand this if you don't get your act together and you let yourself slide then what kind of moves in to take the place of what you could have been is something that's really not good at all
3: that I'm going to I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day. I'm going to do everything in my power to become a victor, and not a victim.
1: Ours has been called the phenobarbital age, the age of ulcers and nervous breakdowns and tranquilizers at a time when medical research has raised us to a new plateau of good health and longevity. Far too many of us worry ourselves into an early grave, trying to cope with things in our own little personal ways without learning a few great laws that will take care of everything for us.
2: So I figured something out that I thought I'd tell you about. This took me like 30 years to figure out, and I figured it out on this tour. So there's this old idea, you know, that you have to rescue your father from the belly of the whale, right? From some monster that's deep in the abyss. You see that in Pinocchio, for example. But it's a very common idea. And I figured out why that is, I think. So imagine that we already know from a clinical perspective that... You know, if you set out a path towards a goal, which you want to do because you need a goal and you need a path, mm-hmm. because that provides you with positive emotion, right? So you, you set up something as valuable. So that implies a hierarchy. You set up something as valuable. You decide that you're gonna do that instead of other things. So that's kind of a sacrifice because you're sacrificing everything else to pursue that. And then you experience a fair bit of positive emotion and meaning as you watch yourself move towards the goal.
3: I can't explain it to you but you better stop making excuses and find a way to win. How do you do it then? Evie, wake up and grind? Winners win. I focus more on winning than I focus on structure. I focus on winning, and when you become a winner, they start seeing you with winners.
1: These things we bring on ourselves through our habitual way of thinking. Every one of us is the sum total of his own thoughts. He is where he is, because that's exactly where he really wants to be, whether he'll admit that or not. Each of us must live off the fruit of his thoughts in the future because what you think today and tomorrow next month and next year will mold your life and determine your future you're guided by your mind
2: and so the implication of that is the the better the goal the 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 more full and rich your experience is gonna be when you pursue it. So that's one of the reasons of, of, that's one of the reasons for developing a vision and for fleshing yourself out philosophically because you wanna aim at the highest goal that you can manage. Okay, so you do that.
3: You You know what's so funny? We want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves.
1: It's also remembering that no matter what your present job, it has enormous possibilities, if you're willing to pay the price. Now, let's just go over the important points in the price each of us must pay to achieve the wonderful life that can be ours. It is, of course, worth any price. One, you will become what you think about. Two, remember the word imagination and let your mind begin to soar. Three, courage, concentrate on your goal every day four save 10 percent of what you earn and five action ideas are worthless unless we act on them
2: and then what you'll find is that as you move towards the goal there are certain things that 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 you have to accomplish that frighten you you know maybe you have to learn to be a better speaker a better writer a better thinker you have to be better to people around you or you have to learn some new skills and you're afraid of that whatever because it's going to stretch you if you if you pursue a goal and it's and so that'll put you up against challenges
3: we're uh, gonna say it again. Like, you, somebody gave you a guarantee, $30, 30 day guarantee. In 30 days, if that you don't make what they told you it's gonna make, in 30 days, you got an attitude, you want your money back. But you've never demanded your money back from yourself. You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you die. Until you get to that point, you let you die.
1: Now, I'll try to outline the 30 day test I want you to make. Keep in mind that you have nothing to lose by making this test and everything you could possibly want to gain. There are two things that may be said of everyone. Each of us wants something, and each of us is afraid of something. I want you to write on a card what it is you want more than anything else it may be more money perhaps you'd like to double your income or make a specific amount of money it may be a beautiful home it may be success at your job it may be a particular position in life it could be a more harmonious family each of us wants something now write down on your card specifically what it is you want make sure it's a single goal and clearly defined you needn't show it to anyone but carry it with you so that you can look at it several times a day
2: Okay, so all the clinical data indicates, well, the opposite of safe spaces, as Jonathan Haidt has been pointing out, that what you want to do when you identify something that someone is avoiding, that they need to do because they're afraid, you have them voluntary, con- voluntarily confront it. And so you break it down. What you try to do if you're a behavior therapist is you break down the thing they're avoiding into smaller and smaller pieces until you find a piece that's small enough so they'll do it. And it doesn't really matter as long as they start it, you know, then they can put the next piece on and the next piece. And what happens is they don't get less afraid exactly, they get braver.
3: You got you to go to work. You got to go to work. Because if I can get you to identify how much energy you put in others and in other people's dreams, and I can get you to pull back and I can get you to do what you were born to do, what you were created to do. Now, why, why is dreaming important? I don't care what level you get to. I need you to dream, right? I need you to... Guys, I need you to spend a considerable amount of time dreaming every single day. Let me tell you why. I've noticed that the people who dream... And those people who dream big have a different kind of life than the people who don't dream.
1: Think about it in a cheerful, relaxed, positive way each morning when you get up. And immediately you have something to work for, something to get out of bed for, something to live for. Look at it every chance you get during the day and just before going to bed at night. And as you look at it, remember that you must become what you think about. And since you're thinking about your goal, you realize that soon it will be yours. In fact, it's yours really the moment you write it down and begin to think about it.
3: So if you were here and you like, I'm scared, whatever you do, do this for me. Do not sabotage yourself with fear. Fear is not real. That's something in your brain. Like, it does not exist. How do we get over it? You get over it by dreaming of what you can be.
1: Look at the abundance all around you as you go about your daily business. You have as much right to this abundance as any other living creature. It's yours for the asking. Now we come to the difficult part, difficult because it means the formation of what is probably a brand new habit, and new habits are not easily formed. Once formed, however, it will follow you for the rest of your life. Stop thinking about what it is you fear.
3: I gotta hear what I'm saying! Those of you in this room, you spend the majority of your life doing what other people want you to do. You don't even know who you are. And so even what you're doing, you're not doing it 120% because you're doing what somebody else wants you to do. You're not, that, you're not good enough to be somebody else.
1: Each time a fearful or negative thought comes into your consciousness, replace it with a mental picture of your positive and worthwhile goal. And there'll come times when you feel like giving up. It's easier for a human being to think negatively than positively. That's why only 5% are successful.
3: So I need, y'all to do me a favor. I need you to do I need you to be selfish on the dream piece. Because what you have to understand is, when you know who you are, so you start operating that, you're going to start blessing people in the way you couldn't really bless people before when you didn't really, really know really See, this is the teaching of the millennials need this is the millennial the millennials have rushed right into what they thought we wanted them to have. And that's caused and stuff. Why? Right? Because so the generation before, for two of us, right, it was a working class. So they, were, they were in poverty, God. And so they, 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 they grew up watching their family work hard to get stuff. And so now we wonder why they just want stuff, 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 stuff. Because that's all they see in their home. That's all they heard. They see their dance go out and bring them, buy nicer houses to get better cars. where my had better stuff. So I, I need you to be selfish on the first tier. And that's dream i need you to be real selfish because you can't help anybody else
1: you must begin now to place yourself in that group for 30 days you must take control of your mind it will think about only what you permit it to think about each day for this 30-day test do more than you have to do in addition to maintaining a cheerful positive outlook give of yourself more than you've ever done before do this knowing that your returns in life must be in direct proportion to what you give the moment you decide on a goal to work toward, you're immediately a successful person.
3: You know what's so funny? We want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. Uh, I'm gonna say it again, like you, somebody gave you a guarantee, $30, 30-day 30 guarantee. In 30 days, if, they, if you don't make what they told you was gonna make, in 30 days, you got an attitude, you want your money back. But you've never demanded your money back from yourself. You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you down. Until you get to that point, you let you down.
1: You are then in that rare and successful category of people who know where they're going. Out of every hundred people, you belong to the top five. Don't concern yourself too much with how you're going to achieve your goal. Leave that completely to a power greater than yourself. All you have to do is know where you're going. The answers will come to you of their own accord and at the right time.
3: You've never, you're not brave enough. You want to put it on somebody else. The reason why I'm not successful is because of my boss. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not getting up on time. I'm not going to work on time. I'm not putting in 120% when I'm at work. I let me down. You just said you're giving 50%. You owe you an
1: explanation.
3: You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50%? What's wrong with you?
1: remember these words from the sermon on the mount and remember them well keep them constantly before you this month of your test ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for every one that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened
2: so it's not only that if you're living a like a dissolute life that You're not aiming at anything positive, and so you don't have any real meaning and you're subsumed by anxiety and all of that, and hopelessness, but something kind of hellish moves in there too to, to occupy that place, and so then you end up making things worse. And when, you know, one of the things I learned about studying totalitarian systems whether they were on the right or the left, was that part of the reason that the totalitarian horrors of the 20th century manifested themselves was because average people didn't take on the proper responsibility. They shut their eyes when their eyes should have been open, even though they knew it. And they did and said things they knew they shouldn't have done and said. And that was what supported those horrible systems. So, you know, if you don't get your act together, then you leave a little space for hell. And I really believe that.
3: You need to put yourself on punishment. You need to tell you, no more TV, no more snacks, no more desserts, no more, no, we working out now. No, no more alcohol. Not right now. Not, no, I can't handle it right now. You need to tell you that you owe you something.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. Scroll down and leave us a five-star review so that our content can naturally reach more people. Share this episode on social media. And until next time, you are full of amazing, unlimited potential, and only you can provide your gifts to the world. Go out and make it your mission to make someone else's day better. See you next time.